The scenery is enchanting, literally. There is a place, a beautiful, beautiful lake, by the name of Llinevan Vach. Now, because the land is so wet and the grass so rich, many farmers set up around that area. One such was Gwyn, who lived there with his mother, who was a widow. His main job was to ensure the cattle were safe while grazing, but he was a dreamer. His cattle always found the sweetest grass and the sweetest grass was near the lake. One day when Gwyn was walking around the banks he saw a lady standing in the water wearing near a stitch I may add according to his own account. She was the most beautiful creature he'd ever seen. Though he had probably not seen that many naked ladies. And as she combed her hair using the lake as a mirror, he approached her. Unable to even speak, he just offered her a piece of his barley bread and cheese that he had for the day. The lady glided towards him, shaking her head, and said, Krastavara Nidhaudvanala, which I suppose translates as, O thou of the crimped bread, it is not so easy to catch me. And she dived into the water and disappeared. Of course, Gwyn went home and told his, his, his mother and was so upset that he, he thought he may never see her again. So she advised her son to take with him some toes, which is what they call unbreak dough. 
the next day. And the next day, there she was again, combing her hair in the lake. And he offered her the red. Still unable to talk to her, of course. And she said, Llaith davara, tinivana. O thou of the moist bread, I will not have thee. She dived into the water yet again. Now Gwyn was distraught, and he ran back home immediately. Not sleeping a wink, he spoke to his mother. He says, this, this, this woman, the woman I must marry, she has refused both hard-baked and unbaked bread. Then go tomorrow with half-baked bread. And he did. The next morning, she was there again, brushing her beautiful hair. This time, he mustered enough strength to speak to her. Lady, he said, I love you more than all the world besides, and I want you to be my wife. And he held out the half-break bread. She took a piece, so small as to not even fill up a bird, and placed it in her mouth. She smiled. I will wed you, she said. But there are conditions. If you strike me three blows without a cause, three ergediachos on the third causeless blow, I will leave you forever. Of course, Gwyn couldn't even imagine striking her once, let alone three times. And he promised, and he promised, and he promised. She told him to wait as she dived into the lake. There, but an hour later, she re-emerged with an identical lady and a large, hoary-headed old man, her father. The old man addressed Gwyn. Mortal, thou wishest to wed one of my daughters. I will consent to the union, if thou wilt point out to me the one thou lovest. Now both of these maidens were identical in beauty, identical in every way. And Gwyn was afeard that he might make the wrong choice. He'd almost given up of the task when he noticed one of the maidens 
thrust her foot slightly forward. And then he looked down. He saw a very peculiar shoe tie. He recognised it as a sign. He went forward and boldly took her hand. You have chosen correctly, said the old man. Be to her a kind and loving husband, and I will give her as a dowry as many sheep, cattle, goats, swine, and horses as she can count of each without drawing in her breath. But remember, if thou strikest her three causeless blows, she shall return to me. Gwyn was overjoyed, and again protested he would never, ever strike her. The old man smiled, turning to his daughter, asked her to count the number of sheep she wished to have. Now, this maiden was very clever, and began to count in fives. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, as many times as she could until her breath was exhausted. And in an instant the sheep emerged from the water. Not sodden as you might expect, but dry. The same again with cows. Five, ten, twenty, twenty-five, and without delay black cattle of the number she'd been able to reach came lowing out of the lake. In the same way she counted goats, swine and horses, and soon the air was filled with the sound of animals. Now the lady and Gwyn were married, and great rejoicing. They took up their home at a farm called Eskairlleithdy, and they lived there happily for many, many years, having three sons. When the eldest boy was seven, there was a wedding some distance away, at which Nelverch, which is the name the Lady of the Lake had given herself, and her husband were invited. When the day came, the two started and were walking through a field in which some of their horses were grazing. Nelverk said that the distance was too great for her to walk, and she'd rather not go. We must go, said the husband, and if you don't like to walk, you can ride one of the horses. Catch one of them, and I'll go back to the house for the saddle and bridle. I, I will. At the same time, bring me my gloves. I've forgotten them. They're on the table. So he went back to the house, and he returned with the saddle, the bridle, and the gloves. And he found her still there, exactly where he'd left her. Pointing to the horses, he, he playfully flicked her with the gloves and said, Go, go! Dos, dos. That is the first causeless blow, she said with a sigh, and reminded him of the condition upon which she'd married him something he had very nearly forgotten. Many years later, they were both at a christening. 
All the guests were full of joy and mirth and hilarity. Nelverch burst into tears, sobbing her heart out. Gwyn tapped her on the shoulder and asked, Why do you weep? I weep because this poor innocent babe is so weak and frail. It will have no joy in all its life. All it will know is pain and suffering on its brief stay on earth. Also I weep for husband you have struck me the second causeless blow. This upset Gwyn dearly. He was on his guard day and night to make sure that nothing he did would breach their covenant. He was so happy with the love of Nelverch and his children, he knew his heart would break if, by some accident, he gave her the final causeless blow. Sometime later, the babe whose christening they had attended, after a short life of pain and suffering, died, just as Nelreth had foretold. Gwyn and the Lady of the Lake went to the funeral, and everyone was mourning full of grief. Nelreth laughed merrily, causing all to stare at her in astonishment. Husband, so shocked by this, touched her, saying, Wife, hush, why does not laugh so? I laugh because the babe who knew nothing but pain is now happy and free. And she rose and stared. That last blow has been struck. Farewell. And she started back to their home, Eskarlaithdi. And when she arrived, she called her cattle and other stock together, each by name. Moi ulvrech, moi ulvrech, mi ulvrech, gwinvrech, Pedair cai tonvrech Yr hen wyn ebwen ar las geigen Gyda'r taru gwyn O lys y frenyn ar llod i bach Sydd ar y bach Dere dithau a niach adre Brindled cau, bold freckled, spotted cow, White speckled, ye four field sward mottled, The old white faced and the grey gagan With the white bull from the court of the king And thou little black calf suspended on the hook Come thou also whole again home. And all of the cows came to her even the little black calf who had been killed for food descended from the hook and walked off with the rest of the cattle the sheep the goats the swine and horses it was the spring of the year and there were four oxen ploughing in one of the fields to these she cried 
Y pedwar i John Glass sydd ar y mas dewch wythau yn iach adre. Ye four grey oxen that are on the field come you also whole and well home. And all of the livestock on all of the land disappeared beneath the waters. The only trace they left was the furrow made by the plough which the oxen drew after them into the lake. And that remains there to this day. Now Gwyn's heart was broken. He followed his wife to the lake, crushed with woe, to put an end to his misery by plunging himself into the cold water. The three sons, also grieving, almost followed their father's example and spent most of their days wandering about the lake in hope of seeing their lost mother once more. Their love was at last rewarded, for one day Nelverch appeared suddenly to them. She told them that their mission on earth was to relieve the pain and misery of mankind. She took them to a place which is still called the Physician's Dingle, Pantamithagon, where she showed them the virtues of the plants and herbs which grew there and taught them the art of healing. And they learned and learnt well, becoming the most skilful physicians of the land. Rhys Grieg, Lord of Llandavri and Dinevor Castles, gave them rank, lands and privileges at Mudvai for their maintenance and the practice of their art, and for the healing and benefit of those who would seek their help. The fame of the physicians of Mudvai was established over the whole of Wales, continuing for centuries among their descendants. It may be it is best not to give your love to the fair folk. Maybe it is best just not to strike them. <laughs>